Hi, what the health tech listeners. I'm your host this week, Jonathan Olsop. This is the podcast where we tackle some of the trending topics, ideas, and best practice in health and social care. This week, I am speaking to Dennis McCarthy, who is a regional assessor at NQA. He's also a world-renowned author, aren't you, Dennis? <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Um, <laughs> for those who don't know what NQA does, um, Dennis, could you just provide our listeners an overview of, of the services that NQA provide? Yes, um, NQA are primarily um, a certification body, which um, in terms of ISO, we provide various um, certification management for various standards. So, for example, ISO 9001, which is quality management, ISO 14001, which is environmental management, ISO 45001, which is health and safety, 22301, business continuity, 27001, which is information security. We do a number of standards. I really. was going to say, we'll be probably here till dinner time. We will if, be. If we, if we kept, you know, we'll reeling be. off everything that, um, everything yeah. that NQA does. Yes. Um, so in terms of um, information security in ISO 27001 then, mm. so what, what does that mean? You know, why is that important in an industry like, like ours in healthcare? I think, I think it's important in most industries, um, even more so now, I think, with the threats um, to cyber security as a whole, as an umbrella. Mm. I think with the healthcare, I think uh, with data protection, particularly ISO 27001, um, is is very very valuable. Mm. It makes the your uh, information management systems more robust. It, may, it makes your cybersecurity more robust. Your internal IT um, a lot more accountable. But at the same time, it makes them very proactive mm. in trying to stop threats coming in. And it's good internal awareness as well. I think. But with the healthcare, with with the amount of data and the sensitivity of data. That's that um, Red Eye Healthcare may hold with its customers and the health industry as a whole. Uh, it's a very valuable tool to have. Mm. Yeah, it, it is. Like I say, I've been on, you know, I've been out and done auditing and it mm. doesn't sometimes get the promotion that it that it should do. Um, but yes. Um, so in terms of um, any advice that you could provide our viewers out there, you know, is there any advice that you could provide to, for those who are looking to go down the certification journey? Yeah, I think, I think one word is prep preparation. I think without a doubt, I think um, with your certification body, like NQA, we see ourselves as more of a, a partnership. It's a cliche, mm. but that's how, for, how well we see ourselves with, with the, um, with the clients. Um, so you have initially, I think um, they need to be prepared for it. They need to make sure that is the correct standard. Mm. And by talking to the certification body, um, the certification body will assist them, telling them which which pathway to go down. Um, so if we say ISO 27001 is an example, um, you go through the process of um, speaking to um, our salespeople and our scheduling people to, to sort of um, sort out a timescale of when yeah. that 27001 can be implemented. And, and then the preparation behind that, we may help with a gap analysis. And then you have what's called a stage one, which is really seeing how prepared you are for for the um, upcoming um, audit. Um, and the stage two audit really then is your is your in depth audit, which looks at all your systems mm. and 
if we take 27,001 as an example, we look at various things like your business context, your leadership, your uh, HR, but uh, at the same time, and more importantly for 27,001, your technical controls that are in there as well. No, so what, how are you finding organisations adapting to the new uh, 27,001 2022 standard? Because obviously we all know um, that that got released last year. And I think there's a three-year transition period for that. It is, yes, yes. Um, it's a very good question now because every every company is different. And I've done a number of uh, audits to the new standard and companies are approaching it differently. But in a way, that shows the benefit of the new standard mm. because it can be quite individual. Um, so we have companies um, which are quite, quite high-tech in terms of IT and telecoms who... Um, it's, it's a very smooth transition mm. for them. But we have other companies which are um, maybe just very very primarily office-based, mm. which um, don't have the IT tech, um, intelligence, let's say, or skill set inside the company. So they outsource it. They've been yeah. getting assistance from, from, say, from their third-party support. Mm. And we read our healthcare, which, like yourselves, you have internal... Um, IT skill sets or te- technical skill sets, but still um, still use third party support. Mm. So they're, they're adapting to it very differently. Um, but I, I quite like the new standard. I think I think it's gone from 114 controls down to 93 controls. Correct. Which has made it thank you. <laughs> which has made which has made it a little bit easier, I think, yeah. to manage. Um, but I think there's a very preventive approach to the new standard. Yeah, especially under the four new domains as well, isn't it? Correct, yeah. Um, it yeah. is a lot more, it's, it's a lot more in its own bracket, it's a bit more bracketed, isn't it, than the, the 114 is. separate things that, you know. It is. It's very prescriptive. It's I, like, I like the way it's very prescriptive. Mm. And so companies can adapt it to their mm. activities a little bit easier, I think, than the 2013 standard. Yeah. How, um, how easy um, are organisations you know, how easy would it be for an, for an organisation to be certified to 27,000? I know that's quite a quite a difficult question because, you know, I know from speaking to organisations in the past, you know, you'd have some say, you know, we've managed to do it in a, a month. You know, you do see those LinkedIn posts, yes. you know, that go, yeah, we've, we've done it in four weeks. But you then on the flip side, see organisations that have they've planned and readied themselves for, you know, 12 months, 18 months, you know. How long would you say it would take for someone to go through the whole process start to finish? Oh, my word. How big is the universe? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I do think it depends on how committed the organisation is. I, um, I, think, I think you said like 12 to 18 months. I think th- things would be embedded already. Mm. You'd have controls embedded already um, before, before you would approach um, looking to get the 27,001 yeah. standard. Um, I would say anywhere, possibly six months from when you start talking to a soft body is probably a good time scale, mm. probably an average time scale, maybe. Mm. Uh, you, because again, you have to prepare yourself for a stage one audit. And, and talking to the certification body, I think, does help. Um, they can give you that time scale. The stage one is particularly helpful. Sometimes a gap analysis mm. prior to a stage one can help. Um, but you need to ready yourself really for the stage two yeah. audit. I- just picking on something that you said there, I do think it's really important to actually spend time to look at the certification body that is right for you as well, because 
There is um, a number of organisations out there that are accredited to certify against certain standards, and there's those that aren't. And I think one of the main problems that I found in the past, you know, organisations not looking into a certification body, jumping the gun, paying mm. a lot of money to then find out later down the line that they weren't UCAS accredited, you're not like NQA. So yeah, I think I think it's really worthwhile to actually, you know, spending that time and performing that research, but you know, to find the right one. Um, it's a good point because we are accredited to UCAS and UCAS come and audit us. We get uh, internally audited by UCAS every year. So um, and for our clients, that's actually really good. It goes to show that we've got a commitment and we've got a high quality mm. um, auditing and certification management uh, within NQA. I think the non-UCAS accredited, it, they may not have that commitment or they're, they're not required to mm. show that same commitment. And while the cost may be slightly cheaper in, in long term, and when you're looking to show your clients that you um the benefit of your management system and how will it help them being being with a UCAS accredited certification management company really helps. Yeah, I think it does. It does. It does really show mm. that commitment because mm. if you you know if you're non for our listeners out there, you know if you're non UCAS accredited, you can almost write your own rules. And I think that I think that's a big problem out there that you know sometimes. Having that consistency of a UCAS audit, you know, you know, no matter who you go to with, mm. you know, it's the same process, it's the same amount, it shouldn't in theory be the same amount of days, mm. the same competent auditor. But, you know, when you go for those who aren't UCAS accredited, you know, they can basically write, you know, they throw, throw that rule book out the window and then create Correct. and create their own. So, yeah, it does. And, and I think that's, that, that's quite key because it's mm. seen as quite an easy route through to certification to go for a non-UCAS. And and a lot of organisations don't understand that that sometimes provides very little value for the purposes of why they're they're wanting to achieve Mm. that that, that certification. Okay. Um, So what would you say is the most reassuring thing about going for one of these standards? You know, how, how does that reassure the wider public? I think a company that has an ISO standard, whether it be 9000, 14, like quality environment, health and safety, or information security as examples, mm. it shows that it's taken a commitment to undertake a, an audit to show the benefits of the management system, both internally and externally, as well as how robust the systems actually mm. are. So... In the case of radar, with the 9001 and 27001, radar uh, healthcare do um, audits once a year, um, three-day surveillance. Um, I know this year has been slightly different. Yeah, we went to the transition. We, we, transition did, we did it nice to, and early. You did, didn't we? You transition to the new standard. Um, but that shows that your, the, your commitment to your customers, that you have a robust management system in place, mm. and also that you're willing to open the doors and say, look, come in and order us. There's a very open approach to radar, yep. radar healthcare. And um, it's very much like when I carry out the audits at radar, they're, they're very much a, a very open book. Um, mm. They'll say, well, we've done this and we've done this. We're looking at doing yep. this in the future. Yep. We're looking at this area in the future and we're looking to develop this area. So, you missed the great compliance team in that. I was very disappointed. <laughs> 
There's a lot of great teams in, in Radar. Uh, but the compliance team is the number one. Sorry, everybody else. I'm a little bit biased. Um, so in terms of, um, if we just look at, um, radar healthcare. Have mm. you seen, you know, and, and our order? Have you seen any? Did you see anything that you know really stood out for you? Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a, there's a couple of things. When I first, um, like last last year at Radar, um, again we did a stage one and stage two. Was the first time we were going for mm-hmm. it. So it's been, um, I think, <laughs> I think Radar are a glutton for punishment to go through. The new getting the standard last year and then transitioning this year, I think you're absolutely mm. crazy. But I'm glad you did it. Yeah. It was really good. Um, I think I think this year I think there's a lot more robustness. Yeah. I think, and it, it ties into the new standard. Um, there's a lot more pro, uh, preventive approach within radar healthcare from last mm. year. Um, so if you take the new standard, things like threat intelligence, wealth filtering, mm. these these things are very preventive. Yeah. And I saw that. Um, and during the audit mm. this time, um, like for example, you've blocked some sites, yeah. you know, so part of web filtering, your threat intelligence is quite good, yeah. um, using the National uh, Cybersecurity yeah. Center, etc. Um, your legal, your legal um, register has been good, you've mm. reviewed that. I think that the document review again has been very good, but you've gone through it with almost a fine tooth comb yeah. this time. Um, and I think I think the one thing I did like is you're always willing to learn. You're always yeah. looking for things. Can we do this better? Can we do this better? Yeah. Um, your support yesterday was outstanding. When mm. I looked at your support tickets, we had a young lad who's only joined the company, I think, a few months back. Yeah, Carbon. Yeah. And not only was he showing me support tickets, he's actually gone back to the customer mm. to say, well, if you do this, this and this, it prevents you having to contact us. Again, very preventive. Yeah. You know, and again, an efficient process. So I've been quite impressed, I yeah. think, this year with the approach. Yeah, we, we are quite good. You know, when it comes to, you know, recruitment and things mm. like that, it's all about the culture and, you know, and all about, you know, the type of person that we bring into the role, you know, mm. who can provide those those type of services to, mm. to, to our customers. One That's thing I would correct. say as well, I think, um, the amount of time leadership spend on the audit is really good. Mm. I think I spoke to Lead Lent yesterday, Yeah, I think, so the COO, and I think, I think it was quite refreshing mm. thing, the hands-on approach he's got. You know, I know sometimes you've got to shut them up, but yeah. that's not a bad thing. Yeah. And uh, Paul would have also been there <laughs> yes. had, he not, had he not been on a big giant bird over the Atlantic, you know, you know, coming, coming back from <laughs> Vegas. Um, so, yes. Um, so how, how do you find, because obviously I know Radar, uh, we are you know, venturing out and trying mm-hmm. to break the US market. You know, how do you find twenty seven thousand and one over in over in the States? Because when I used to when I previously was an auditor, I found that it wasn't as you know, it wasn't as um it wasn't as much out there as what it is over here. Mm. You know, you know, they 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 tend to stick more with their American created standards than, you know, than trying to you know adopt twenty seven thousand and one. If if you if you're finding that changing. Yeah, that landscape is definitely changing. I do a number of audits um, for companies in the States, and them, primarily they were like, in terms of information security, they're very much SOC-led, as we call it. But that's they're really bridging the 9001 and SOC um, audits together. They're, they're mm. bringing them, integrating them a little bit more, using, yeah. in some cases, the duplication and SOC audits are quite in-depth. They go on for a number of months. Mm-hmm. Um, they're quite, again, they're quite... Um, to the company's activities but um it is changing um 
more so because a lot of them have partnerships, I think, with companies in Europe, mm-hmm. not just the UK. Um, so they're either through acquisitions or through partnerships to get a foothold or, or get a, a visibility within mm-hmm. Europe. So they're having, they're, they're having to look at 90, yeah. uh, ISO um, as, a, as a sort of a, a standard that they need yeah. um, from, from a global perspective. Yeah. Okay. So what, 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 in your view... And this is where I'm going to allow you to, you know, inflate your ego a little bit. So, so what makes a good assessor? So what makes a good auditor? Because this is always quite an interesting one as well. You know, with with when I used to go out and audit, you know, you, you saw all different types mm. of auditor, um, some good, some bad, hasten to say. Uh, but, you know, so what would you feel? What is what is that, you know, what makes that good auditor? Um, I think you, you need to be objective. Mm. For a start, because well, well, the standard is the standard. The standard can be implemented yeah. in a number of different ways. It can, yeah. You need to be very objective of what the company does. Uh, it's not a one size fits all, which is what the standard is made for. Um, I think you need to you need to listen to the client. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be, I think, approachable. I think that's 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 a very yeah. key word. Um, as well as that, in some cases, you need to be a little bit firm. Um, you are there to to audit a company, mm. you want to give the best value to mm. that company. I have the bruises from yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to give as much value to the yeah. company. Um, I always go into every audit thinking um, this company should get something out of this audit, yeah. which we did yesterday yeah. as well. Um, so I, I do think you ha- you're there not only to, to audit the company, but you're there as well as a representative of NQA. Yeah. So you need to bear that in mind as well. Yeah, I think just picking up on what you said there, you know, it's very similar to how we work in like the the partnership model Mm. that to be that good auditor, I think you have to do sit down and listen to the Mm. company because, you know, it it isn't a one size fits all approach because, and that's why the standard is sometimes overly light in certain areas because it allows Mm. you to then, you know, fit that to the model of of your company Mm. and then allow you to then evidence that, you know, when you're, friendly auditor comes out um, and sits down and looks through I think you're right and I think I think companies use the the uh, experience of the auditor yeah um, to get that best practice um, particularly like we spoke yesterday about the innovation yeah I think side of things and and my experience within that in some of the areas mm. that uh, we were talking about at that time really helped mm. really helped me shape what you guys were mm. doing yeah. but also helped Thinking, oh yeah, that is trend management yeah. and etc. So it's a two. It is a two. Very much a yeah. two way street. Because yeah, because <clears throat> a lot of people don't realise yeah. that, that you know in business and in life, not every day do you get someone out into your office that yeah. has seen you know goes out into multiple industries, multiple organisations, you know, and gets to see how things have been implemented mm. so many times. Because when you're a bit isolated when you're actually implementing it at a company because you only know your way, whereas an auditor might know, you know, 10, 20, 30 different ways that, um, mm-hmm. that you could look to adapt within the company. Obviously, without providing advice. I'll Obviously, no, no, we're not allowed to consult, but we do offer best practice. But yeah. maybe you're isolated because everybody's avoiding you, John. Yeah, well, <laughs> don't say that, don't say that. Um, yes, and just just pack, picking back onto one of your earlier points when mm. you say about you know we were a bit of a glutton for punishment. I did, I, you know, I didn't grey hairs, <laughs> you know, 
We have certainly gone for punishment. You know, we achieved, um, but I think it worked well. Um, we achieved like 9,001 and 27,001 within, within nine months along the journey. Um, do you find that people go for Cyber Essentials quite quickly after 27,001? Because we certainly did that. I th we achieved basic Cyber Essentials two days after our uh, stage, um, two days after our stage two audit, mm. 27,001 and 9,001. That's when we achieved our basic cyber essentials and then went plus in March. So, yes, certainly glutton for punishment. Mm. Do you find many organisations adapting that? I think I think those that are very much technology-led tend to have either cyber essentials, cyber essentials plus prior mm. in getting uh, 27,001 as an mm. example. Um, the reason that they are different, um, again, 27,001 is very much a rounded management mm -hmm. system. It involves everybody includes everybody within the company. Mm. Um, whereas your Cyber Essentials, Cyber Essentials Plus has very much led to your weaknesses within your vulnerability, mm. within the network, mm. etc. So I think in my experience, I found that technology companies tend to have them prior to have some form oh, okay. of a prior to, to going to going for uh, 27,001. Non-technology companies tend to get it afterwards. Yeah, I think when they see, oh yeah, we can add that to a, you possibly have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah. does it to be fair, it does make sense because if you go for cyber essentials, it almost sets you up for that more intense kind of assessment process because it is intense, you know. I'm not gonna say one's mm. better than the other, you know, mm. they're there to suit a purpose, but you know, it certainly does set you up for that um more intense type of, of audit. At the end of each episode, we ask everyone to describe their what the health tech moment. We want to hear your weird and wonderful stories and what you've experienced in the health and social care industry. Um, I would like to direct the above question to Dennis. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be about um, health, but, you know, do you have any interesting stories of an, and you, during your time as being an auditor? Uh, well, about <laughs> auditing. Let, let's put it down to audit. I know you're... None could possibly say. That. I was going to say, let's, let, this podcast is PG. I'll just put that out there. <laughs> Mind you, I did. I did tell my funny mm. audit story on on my last podcast, mm. and I, I I regretted it, um, and probably still do. So, yes, have you got any funny audit stories? Oh, just too many. We'll be here all day. Oh, we go really, on. We really would. Um, I remember very early on, probably more more of a funny one for me. I went into a company and. I started, they were in a shared building and uh, been on to well, lead auditor like for eight years now. And I went into a company and uh, sat down, met the manager, spoke to the manager, and then the compliance person came in and I was in completely the wrong company. I should have been up on the first floor and I was on the ground floor. Uh, yeah, you know what? That's, that, that's, ha that, that, that's that happened. Was, that, was, that was quite funny. Yeah. I, I've I've gone into a company that the compliance manager went on holiday because he thought the audit was the following month, uh, and he went on holiday. Whether that was deliberate or not, I'm not so sure. Um, um, I've accidentally been locked in a server room. I say accidentally. I was accidentally yeah. locked in a server room yeah. for for a couple of hours. That yeah. was that, maybe not a couple of hours, a couple of minutes. That was quite funny. I'll just put that there. You are an intelligent auditor, though. Just for those I, I for, the, for those viewers listening to listening I to have, these stories. I have, I but I must admit that one certainly about going to the wrong company that has. That has happened to me. Uh, I actually ended up at, um, ironically, our um, hosting provider. Oh, when I was, yeah. uh, I ended up at Red Centric when I was. Um, oh, okay. Um, 
to to do a to audit a company. Mm. And uh, yeah, I was actually only two minutes. I should have been two minutes around the corner from <laughs> my house. So then I had another forty-five minute journey <laughs> back over there. So yes, I was I was like. For, yeah, for, for that I didn't know that much. It was, it was a ground floor and a fourth floor. Yeah, so. it happens, happens to us all. The signage was very poor. It was very poor. <laughs> Is that your excuse? Yeah, that's the excuse. <laughs> right, I think, that's, I think we've covered everything, Dennis. Mm. Thank you for joining oh, us this awesome. week. And thanks for to everyone who is uh, listening to the podcast. Um, we'll have another brand new episode out in a couple of weeks. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to email what the health tech at radarhealthcare.com. Thank you, Dennis. You're welcome.